Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have come together this morning. We ask that you just bless this place, bless the people that are here. Father, this morning we extend this family to Tawakini. We ask that you watch over that group out there. Give them encouragement, give them strength to do your work. Watch over all of us as we try to bring people to salvation through the Word of God. This is in Jesus' name I ask, plus the offering that we're about to take up. Let it be used to further the kingdom. And again, lead us, guide us, and direct us as you would have us to go. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Right. Okay. So, uh, be seated. Go to the Word and bless the reading of the Word this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have to come together to hear your Word. Bless the reading of your Word this morning. Let the words that are spoken and the words that are written in the book bring peace, joy, and happiness to each person in this room. Watch over us as we go through the service today. Lead us and guide us, direct us. Open our ears that we may hear and our eyes that we may see. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll go to Psalms 43. I may slur a little bit, but I'm not drunk. <laughs> I may slur a little, but I ain't because I'm drinking, okay? So y'all just bear with this bell posse a couple more weeks. I think it's getting a lot better, so my eyes are halfway working right anyway. Y'all there? Verse 1 starts out, Oh God, take my cause. Defend me against those ungodly people. Rescue me from those unjust liars, for you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in darkness, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God to ensure all my joy. I will praise you with my heart, O God, my God. When I am discouraged, why so sad? I will put my hope in God, and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. That's a psalm that was written by David for hope. How important is hope in our life? Our hope is what we believe God is going to do. We don't see it. We can't feel it. But we have it. We know it's there. Faith tells us God can do it. Hope tells us he will do it. That's where hope comes from. Will God protect you in all things that you go against? Yes. Will God lift you up when you're down? Will God encourage you when you're discouraged? Will God bless you when you don't feel like you need blessed? You know, there's a lot of things that people take for granted when they look at God's power and God's will. How many of y'all say if it's God's will to be done? What is God's will? 
What is God's will? Really, what is God's will? That all should be saved. That's God's will. God's will is that every person on this planet accepts him as Lord and Savior and becomes children of God. That's his will. What else is his will? That we should be joyful, that we should be grateful, full of love. These are all things of God's will. But a lot of people say, well, I'll get that done if it's God's will. Can I tell you something? If you got something to do and you ain't getting it done, it really don't have anything to do with God's will. It has to do with are you willing to do what you have to do? It's your will then, isn't it? We struggle a lot of times through things that we we blame God for. We blame God for a lot of the troubles and the trials and the tribulations that we go through and a lot of the things that we put ourselves through and we blame it on God. Uh, I got some heads going, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you this morning, God's will for you is to be joyful. God's will is for you to be loved and cared about. God's will is that you accept his son as your savior and become one with God. That's his will. Now, what's our will? Where's our will at? It should line up with his, and it ought to line up with his. But reality is, sometimes our will is not God's will, is it? Sometimes we want to be stubborn. Sometimes we want to be sheep. And sometimes we want to be goats. Sometimes we want to be hard-headed about stuff. There's things that we don't want to give up that God wants us to give up. Now, I got some amens on that one. But let me tell you something. If you want to be in the presence of God and you want to be in the, the blessings of God, there's something you have to do. You may not want to. It may not even be comfortable to do it. But there's a word out there. It's called submit. We have to submit ourselves to God. And how many of us are really, really, truly willing to do that every day of the week? I didn't get no amens. What's wrong? Did I say something wrong? Yeah, I said something wrong. But it's us that has to decide whether we want to submit to God or not. We submit to God in our finances. We submit to God in our work. We submit to God in our worship. We submit to God in our presence of other people. We have to submit to God's will for us. And there's a simple word for that. Obedience. We have to be obedient to the word of God. Well, Jr., I'm pretty much obedient to the Word of God. Pretty much is like maybe our but, our excuses. How many times can we come up with an excuse for not doing what God called us to do? Every day of our lives, just about. Every moment of our lives if we're not careful. And most of the time if we don't watch out. And then what else do, what else do we do 
that's on us. It's not on God, but it's on us. We just refuse to follow His Word. We refuse to do what the book says do. A lot of times it's society causes it. A lot of times it's our own desires that cause it. Sometimes it's just plain and simply, we don't know what God wants. Am I lying about that? Does everybody in this room know exactly what God wants every minute of every day? No. This book has page after page after page after page of us submitting to God. And ain't none of us that good. As a matter of fact, God even knew we weren't going to be that good when he made the statement, all his sin and come short of the glory of God. Do you think he said that for just to put it in there to make it sound good? No. He put it in there to give us a warning that we need to constantly be improving our relationship with him. I have talked to thousands of people about relationships, about jobs, about everything. Do you know what causes 90% of all confusion in your life? You. You. Because you don't want to submit to what God's telling you. You don't want to do what God tells us to do. Oh, I'm not pointing fingers at y'all because if I point a finger at y'all, Three of them are pointing back at me. So I'm not saying something that I don't need to hear too. Total submission to God is a, is a challenge. Is it possible? Sure it is. It's very possible to submit to God all the way. First thing you got to do is you got to find out what God wants. And how do we find out what God wants? You read his word. Well, prayer, prayer is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I love prayer, but prayer don't always bring you knowledge. Because a lot of times we pray for stuff and then we don't do anything about it. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Bad, JR. A lot of times we start praying about stuff and we pray about it and we pray about it, but we don't do anything with it. We don't even listen to when God speaks back to us. Well, the last time I checked, conversation was two people engaged in it. It takes two people to have a conversation. And what is a prayer? A conversation with God. So not only do you get to give your laundry list of what you want. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Yeah, I did. I'm getting good at saying this stuff out loud, ain't I? It, blame it on the bell palsy. We have got to understand these things, people. Our relationship with God is not part-time. It's not Christmas and Easter, go sit in church with your mama. God wants us all, but he don't want stepchildren. He wants committed children. He adopted us into his family with all the honors of a child. He expects us to treat him that way. You give yourself to God, you need to give yourself to God. What does that mean? 
What does that mean to give yourself to God? It's surrender yourself to Him to do His will. Now we're back to that will thing again, aren't we? We keep coming back to that word will. It's all about God's will. God is a forgiving God, but God is also a punishing God. And there's a lot of people who don't like to hear that. A lot of people don't like to hear that God will punish you. If you don't think God will punish you, go ask the people in Sodom. Oh, wait a minute, you can't. <laughs> They're not there anymore. You can't even ask what Lot's wife. I mean, she had a simple job. Run up the hill and don't look back. About halfway up the hill, what did she do? And what did God do? Pillar of salt. That's what he told her he was going to do, isn't it? He said, if you're not obedient to my word, I will blot you from the book of life and condemn you. Do you think God's kidding? You better not think he's kidding because he will. You have to do what he tells you to do, whether you want to or not. And when does it become such a desire to you to do what God wants you to do? That's something to think about for a second, ain't it? When do we really get that, that we are supposed to do what God tells us to do? Usually when we fall on our face. Usually when the bottom falls out and we're dangling on a string, crying out to God. My suggestion is this. Cry out to God before the bottom falls out. Call out to God before the string even gets tied. Look to God in your everyday life, every moment of your day. Do you got to make a spectacle out of that? No. Matter of fact, God said don't go stand on the corner and act stupid. That's Texas slang for the Bible word. Don't go out there and act stupid about your religion. And don't become so religious that you're no heavenly good. There's a bunch of folks following that category I can think of. But don't become such a Bible thumper that the Bible becomes a lethal weapon instead of a healing weapon. Ooh, I'm preaching some stuff today, ain't I? God's just letting this stuff flow today. I, I think it has something to do with the fact that I stayed up so late last night. Or maybe it's just I got up this morning with the attitude of, I'm going to do what God called me to do, irregardless. Thank you. I am so cold. <laughs> I want to look back on a scripture that I read a while ago. Send out your light and your truth, and let them guide me. Who is the light? Who is the truth? Send out Christ to lead me. How are we supposed to live our lives? Like Christ. We're supposed to become Christ-like. How often do we allow ourselves to actually live the way Christ did? Not enough. 
we have judgment, we have blame, we have greed, we have pride. We have a lot of stuff that's not godlike. What what am I telling y'all today? What am I trying to tell you this morning? Are you are y'all beginning to understand it any? It comes back down to this. I say sometimes it's not, not about you, boo-boo. It's not all about you, boo-boo. But in this instance, it's all about you, boo-boo. What do you want out of your life? Where was David at when he was doing this prayer? What was he asking for? What is the word in there that he's asking for? He's looking for hope. He's looking for God to show him the way to get where he needed to be. All circumstances lead back to God. All his solutions came from being obedient to the Word of God. He even said, send me the light, the truth. He didn't say the way because he knew the way. But if you got the light and the truth, you're going to get the way. If you're obeying Jesus, you're going to get the way. He is the way there. But until you decide to go his way, you're going the wrong way. Because without him in your life, there is no good way. There is no right way. There is no truth in your life until you put Christ in it. Christ is your truth. Oh, JR, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I ain't never killed nobody. I ain't never robbed nothing. I ain't never cheated on my wife. I ain't never done any of that stuff. But there's going to be a lot of people that stand before Jesus on Judgment Day and say all the good things they did. And he's going to look at them and say, Depart from me, for I know you not. And they're going to go, what? I did everything you said. He said, but you didn't accept me. You didn't take me as your Lord and Savior. You didn't call on my name. You did this in your own name. And you did it for your own glory. And you did it for your own rewards. And you did it for your own attaboys. And you didn't give me no credit at all. So go out there and do what you got to do. But make sure you're doing it for the right reason and the right person. It ain't about you all the time, is it? I just contradicted what I said, didn't I? It is about you, boo-boo, but you got to do it God's way or it ain't about you no more. Because if you let Christ move into your heart, guess who you are now? You're a changed person, aren't you? And if there's no change in your life from when you accepted Christ, or you said that prayer, maybe you need to look deep inside the portals of your heart and see who lives there. Who's living in that heart of yours that you're not changing anything? Things have to change. 
Because God can't live in sin. God can't live on the fence with you. You got to get off the fence. You got to get completely off the fence and into the greener pastures. You got to get into the promised land. We all have a goal, don't we? We all want to go to heaven. But we don't all want to work for it. Oh, JR, is it about works? No. But I can tell you this your works without faith is dead. And if y'all don't know what the biblical definition biblical uh, so easy for me to say biblical definition of dead is, find out what it means. Because there's a lot of folks walking around out there that are living dead right now. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior this morning, you are walking dead. You're breathing dead. You're living dead. Because Christ, because God cursed the earth when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, he said, you eat of this fruit and surely you will die. They didn't die physically, did they? Matter of fact, he lived to be about 999 years old, I think it was. But he was dead to God. He was no longer in the presence of God anymore. He was separated from God because of sin. Are you separated from God this morning? Are you separated from God this morning? Have you taken Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need forgiving of my sins. Lord, I need you to come and live in my heart forever. And Lord, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Have you done that today? And I'm not talking about just up here. Because this up here is not going to save you. you got to believe it in here. You have to have that change in your spirit. And without that change in your spirit, there's no change in your destination. Because we do have two destinations, y'all. There's the destination of hell or the destination of heaven. God did prearrange the place for you to go. But he also gave you a choice to make. Which one do you want? Michael, can you give me a Kleenex? My eyeball's leaking and I ain't crying. Well, maybe I am. Maybe my heart is crying this morning. Because I know a lot of people that aren't saved. I know a lot of people that need Jesus today. Some of you are listening to me on the radio. Some of you are watching me on TV. Some of you may even be sitting in this room. But some of you need Jesus today. Whether it's a renewing of your spirit, renewing of your commitment to God, or your first-time relationship with Him. And I did say relationship, right? Because knowledge is not enough. Knowing who Jesus is will not save you. The devil and all his demons and all the third of the fallen angels that fell with, with Satan knows who Jesus is. There's even stories in this book about it. 
when he came up on shore and the, the man possessed in the cemetery. He asked Jesus when he walked on shore, on shore, he said, Son of God, have you come to destroy me? Jesus said, shut up. And the demon just kept on, didn't he? He said, are you here to kill me? Don't kill me. There's a herd of pigs over to the side. He said, send me into them. And he did. What happened to those pigs? Because of the demon possession inside of them, they jumped off the cliff and killed themselves. Even the pigs know not to live with the devil. Ooh. Even pigs know not to live with Satan in them. So how much more should we know? How much more should we be striving to get the demons out of us? What kind of demons do we carry with us? A lot of man-made demons, a lot of man-infested demons, but there's a lot of family demons, a lot of cursed demons. Oh, but can we get rid of those demons? What do we got to do with them? Lay them down at the cross, people. You see, Jesus took the curse. He took curses. When they placed that thorn of crown on his head to mock him, they didn't know what they were doing. Because when those thorns on that cross penetrated his skull and got him in the forehead, Jesus did something amazing. He bled all over that cross. He bled all over them thorns. What's Jesus' blood do? Cleanses, breaks curses. That guard thought he was being a smart aleck, but he actually helped God create a cure. So do you have an excuse to still be demon-possessed? Do you have an excuse to be evil? No. Christ paid it all. He even hung on that cross and he said these famous words that a lot of people already know. It is finished. What do you mean? The curse that God put on the earth in the garden was finished. Cool, huh? That curse is finished by Jesus' blood. So what can it do to your life? What can Jesus' blood do in your life? It can cleanse every bad thing that ever happened to you, every, everything that you use for an excuse not to serve God can be wiped away, washed away. But you've got to allow it to happen. Oh, is it God's will? You bet it is. God gave his son that none should perish, but for have everlasting life. For those who believe in him and call upon his name. Did y'all hear that sentence? For those who believe and call upon his name. So where are you at today? Where's your life set with Christ? Have you given it all to him? Are you still hanging on to the fence trying to hang on to part of your past? You see, until you let go of your past, you have no present. Oh. You have no present till you let go of the past. And if you have no present, guess what? There's no future. 
there's no hope for a future. So let go of that fence. Let go of that past life. Oh, JR, you don't know what all happened to me. Y'all want to sit down and compare notes one day? You want to sit down and compare daily life one day? I know that I know that when I asked Jesus into my life, everything that was against God's will was forgiven. I know that. And I want you to feel that too. Abuse, no excuse. Uncle George, no excuse. My daddy was an alcoholic, no excuse. My mama was a crackhead, no excuse. My cousins all do drugs, no excuse. There are no excuses for living the way you live. If you want to continue doing it, that's your choice. If you want to break free of that today, all you got to do here in a minute when we offer that call to come up here and get saved is walk up here to this front and go to your knees. Put your face down and ask God to come into your life. Ask God's son to enter into your life. Everything you've done, everything you were, everything you thought you was, everything you thought you would always be can be changed in an instant. But you got to be willing to do it. Are you ready today? Are you ready to stop living in yesterday and start living for today? Where you can have hope for tomorrow? It's up to you. Send me, O oh Lord, your truth. Send me your light so that I may be able to see the way. This is Communion Sunday also. We've got to do that too. But Jesus said if you take communion and you take his body without being washed clean, without being his child, that you're committing a sin. Taking his body with sin in your life is wrong. So if you've got anything in your life right now that you need forgiveness for? I want everybody to bow their heads. You don't have to make a spectacle. You don't have to make a, a scene. But if you got anything in your life right now that's not of God that you need forgiveness for, now's the time to give it. Now's the time to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need forgiven. I need your blood to wash me clean. I need to forgive him of my sins. Right now. Don't be the last. Don't be the first. You don't have to be any of that. It's just you move when you feel like you need to move. You need to come to the altars? Come to the altars. If you can do it at your chair, do it at your chair. It's, if you can do it down the highway, please don't close your eyes and drive. Pull over to the side of the road and pray. Wherever you are, God will come where you are. A jukebox and sawdust blows neon lights, nothing more. I had this feeling come over.
powerful songs I've ever heard in my life. Are you ready today to go? What you waiting for? What is your what is going to push you over the edge to say I need that today, JR? Where are you today? Are you ready? If Christ comes this afternoon, are you going to heaven or hell? That's up to you to make the decision right now. Michael, you can Tony, Mike, Mark, you can help them if you want to. Sitting in the courtroom, the judge turned my way. Looks like you're guilty Now what do you say? I spoke up, Your Honor I have no defense But that's when mercy walked in
At the end of the meal of the Passover, Jesus took the bread and he prayed over the bread. He said, Dear Heavenly Father, this bread represents the body that will be broken for them, that their healings will be done and their sins forgiven. Take and eat and eat of me. After he ate the bread, he took the cup. He prayed like this, Dear Heavenly Father, this wine represents the blood that I'm going to shed to wash away their sins. As a bind between us and them, a covenant is being made. Take and drink. When they had finished eating and drinking, he told the disciples that this represents his body and his blood forever. And he said, do this and do it often in remembrance of me. Why would he want us to do this often? To remember that he took the beating that we deserved. He took the stripes that were ours. And then he did the greatest thing he could have possibly done. He paid the debt that was ours. His death took away the death of the curse. Because like God said, the price of sin is death. There's the greatest sacrifice ever made. It's the greatest gift ever given. We're in that season now where we celebrate the birth, the life, and the death of Christ. God gave his only begotten son that none should perish and that all could have eternal life. Who is all? All of us. Every one of us. We all have that option. We all have that benefit. Are we too stubborn to take it? Are we too hard-headed to take it? Are we too proud to take it? Oh, but I don't want nobody making fun of me. I'd rather be made fun of by man than judged by God. I've been made fun of most of my life, so I'm used to that. But I don't want to be judged by God as being a sinner either. Oh, J.R., how do you know there's a heaven and a hell? The Bible tells me there is. And if I'm wrong, if there is no heaven and hell, what have I, got, what have I done wrong? I lived a good life. I treated people the way God told me to. I did good for folks. So that's a good thing anyway, isn't it? So what have I really done wrong? But now what about the flip side of it? What if there is a heaven and a hell? And I didn't live good for God. And I lived for the devil all my life. What have I got to face? hell and separation from God for eternity. If you're in this room today or in the sound of my voice and you haven't accepted Jesus, do it today. I'm not going to ask you nicely. I'm not going to tell you, oh, you need to. I'm going to tell you, do it today. Accept Jesus before you die. 
Oh, but I ain't going to die today. I feel great. You don't know. That trumpet may sound in heaven before we even close this service. You don't know when it's coming. So you better be ready. And if you're not ready, right now it's time to pack your clothes and get ready. Pack up all that sin and give it to God. Let the blood flow over your heart and change your life. Dear Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this time we had to come together this morning. Father, I pray that this word went out to someone's heart today, that it touched somebody deeply, and that lives were changed because of our obedience to you. I thank you for the people that got up this morning after a long night of partying and thieving and stealing and going on and came on in here this morning to hear the word of God. I thank you for that. I give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, everybody that agreed said, Amen. Amen. Les, you got something for me? Yeah? Be careful now, don't call me names.